0: 103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment.
1: 086 And judging by the volume of questions, in there's lots of people out in the garden and they're staying home, which is good news. Peter Dowd of the Irish Gardener.com uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Peter.
0: Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you?
1: I'm, I'm very well on what is a gorgeous day here. It's got a bit overcast now, but it's gorgeous and uh, mild and good forecast for the week.
0: Yeah, except I was looking at the TV and they seem to have got it wrong. They're putting a cloud symbol over Cork for each day and sun over the rest of the country. But hopefully that won't come to pass. It's gorgeous today.
1: Yeah, we don't want any of the cloud. Okay, let's get straight down to questions. Um, A regular listener says, hi, question for Peter, please. I need to prepare an area to plant a cantoniaster hedge looking for ground cover. I need to kill off grass, weeds, etc. While I don't have Roundup, can I spray ground with weed and how long would I wait then before planting
0: you can spray with weed oil, but i'd be far happier if you use the opportunity that COVID 19 is giving you to get out there now with a shovel and get down and dirty and actually remove the weeds because the weed all is doing substantial damage to to the soil and to the biodiversity and the pollinators around there so you don't want to be poisoning the landscape i think god knows if if we've learned anything from the crisis we're in now it's we want to be protecting the environment that we live in we don't want to be damaging it so i wouldn't i would not be encouraging the use of weed all our roundup or any of these weed killers get out there with a shovel i know it's a bit of work but we god knows if ever we've had the time we have it now i would get out there with a shovel remove the weeds uh, uh you know you'll be amazed at how quickly you get through it you'll get through it quite quick it's very re- rewarding I, i'm sure it's not the answer that they wanted to hear they probably wanted me to, to say within a week you can plant again i'm actually not sure how quickly you can plant after using any of those chemicals. But I'd urge you absolutely not to use them if you can at all avoid them.
1: OK, Maura in Mallow says, uh, hi Patricia, I set some of my own viola and petunia seeds in January in my glass house. They're all very small and look like that they won't flower until late in the summer. Is there anything I can do to promote growth and flowers? It's Maura from Mallow.
0: No, for Maura, she did the right thing by starting off those seeds indoors in January. That's great. She should, ha- she should have them, I mean, This that's probably the reason she did this in January, to have, have good, stronger plants earlier. But we're in the, the middle of April now. They should be looking a bit strong. There's. I'd be very slow to, to feed them with anything yet. If she wants to send me a picture, send it in, I'll have a look at it. Send it to me on Facebook. It's probably the easiest way to the Irish gardener. I'll have a look at them. Um, but... You see, you, you if the root system hasn't developed to large enough yet, you could end up doing more harm than good by putting any plant food on them. So really what what I would say without seeing them, as I say, it's hard to say, but really what I would say is we need is the temperatures to increase a bit, which they are now. So hopefully you should see, see growth improving at the moment. Don't overwater them. Again, that root system is probably very juvenile, so it can't absorb too much water. And if they're sitting then in compost or in soil that's wet, they're not going to grow very well. Uh, they, they could end up drowning. You could end up doing more harm than good. So err, a small bit on the side of underwatering. Now, there's a vine line because you don't want them to dry out either. Uh, but I would be slow to put plant food on them just yet. Hopefully the, the the increasing temperatures will help. But do send me a photograph and I'll be able to advise better.
1: Okay, hi Peter, I'm thinking of setting some potatoes, I've got lots of spuds with eyes, I have a grow bag from last year which I think chives and some sort of weeds are now growing in, would it be safe to use the same soil if I got rid of what's growing in it obviously I don't know what the weeds are and I'd worry if any of it could be poisonous or something
0: No, I wouldn't be worried about it being poisonous I would just be worried about if there were chives or, or any of the other alliums or anything like that growing in it it's uh, not that the the plants or the weeds or anything will be poisonous but there could be some pathogens in the compost. Some you, you know you could like for example, if she had, if he, if the caller had told me that they had grown tomatoes in that grow bag last year, I'd say definitely not because it's the same pathogens that cause tomato blight that cause potato blight. So you certainly wouldn't plant potatoes there. Uh, but if it's just something that's been growing wild, a few weeds, maybe a few chives, you should be safe enough. Uh, I I yeah I would go for it. I would I would, would would go for it. Ideally you would use fresh compost or fresh soil. If you can get fresh soil from somewhere else in your garden, it would be better. Uh, obviously, garden centres aren't open at the moment. So you can't, it's not that easy to go and get fresh compost. If you've got some homemade compost and you could mix it with soil, that'd be the best of everything that you could use. But if not, if we we just have this or nothing, then I think go for it. You should be safe enough.
1: Okay, Carmel is emailing on behalf of her dad, who set sweet peas last week. He's noticed the leaves are being eaten and white dots are appearing. He has slug killer on them and sprayed them. Any idea what it could be?
0: well it could be the spray I don't know what spray, he sprayed them with Um, so again I'd say to, to, it's hard to say without seeing them properly so if you could send me a photograph as I say do it on Facebook to the Irish garden I'll have a look at them and try and advise you properly from there it could be several things it could very well be the spray particularly if you put one of the nasty insecticides on it that could have done it um like the last thing you want to be doing is the sweet peas and that will draw in the pollinators, the bees and the things that we want to help. But if you put insecticide on the plant, then that could end up poisoning the bee as well. So we do be very, very careful as to what we put on our plants at the moment. And um, so it could be that it could also be depending on where you bought them. If they came from indoors, let's say in a supermarket or somewhere like that, and they were in a you know an artificial environment with central heating and artificial light, and we move them straight outside, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy your plants in a supermarket. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that. But when if you do do that, bear in mind that they have been in indoors in a in a controlled environment, and we're moving them straight out to an Irish garden. They're not going to like that shock. So that could cause them to, to shrivel up and to get leaf spots. It could do that certainly, um. Uh, Without seeing it, it's hard to say. What's eating it is very possibly slugs. I would say that's very, very high probability that it could be slug damage. If you're using slug pellets, do please make sure that you're not using the methaldehyde pellets. Just take that one second to have a look at the label on your slug pellets. If it's methaldehyde, don't use them because methaldehyde will also kill the predators, the hedgehogs, birds, any birds coming into the, the garden, domestic pets, dogs, cats. Methaldehyde pellets would also kill us humans if we eat enough of them. So please don't use them. Don't put that toxic, uh, those toxic pellets in the soil. There are plenty of slug pellets out there that contain a, the active ingredient ferric phosphate. Now that's just iron phosphate, Trish. Very effective against the slugs and snails. Totally safe to use in the garden. So if we can make one change, be it that one. But I'd say yeah, it is very likely that it is the slugs eating the, the sweet peas.
1: OK, question for Peter. I set a new lawn last September. There's brown patches on it. I'm wondering what would have caused that?
0: Uh, if, if I was hoping that they were going to say yellow patches, <laughs> and then I could have said it could could have been caused by some low temperatures during the winter. Brown patches again without seeing it. Sorry to be, a, a, I'm not trying to evade the questions, but it's difficult to, to answer that one as well without seeing it. Um, it could be caused by several things. It could be a fungal infection in the soil. Um, it could be environmental damage. In other words, something could have spilled on patches, maybe a bit of weed killer or even unlikely but you know maybe a bit of oil or something like that so that's the kind of environmental damage that it could have been it could be fungal it could have been overfeeding if they put anything on the lawn uh, it's very young lawn if it was only put down last september if there was any plant fertilizer or lawn fertilizer or lawn weed killer or anything like that used or even sulfate of iron used on the lawn that would have browned it so it, it's a, again it's a difficult one to answer but hopefully one of those might might, might be in a box for the caller
1: Okay, Grislinia hedge problem that seems to come up uh, almost at an annual event. Dan has a 35-year-old Grislinia hedge. He's lost one shrub already. He wants to know, should he be feeding it? Should he be watering the rest of it? He's also picking off the brown and yellow leaves to try to save it.
0: Yeah, OK, when something like that happens to an established hedge, no, it's nothing to do with feeding or watering. If it, if it was a it wouldn't 35-year-old, any 35-year-old plant, water would never be an issue anyway. And if it, was, if it was low nutrient levels that feeding would help, you might see a bit of yellowing or, or mightn't be thriving. It certainly wouldn't die. So it, it's something more serious there. And again, if he wants to send me a photograph, and I will have a look at it to try and be more specific, but it does sound like when you have a very established hedge like that and one of them just dies... It's a, it's a fungal problem like Phytophthora are one of these, uh, and off the top of my head, I can't remember if Phytophthora affects but the Phytophthora is a particularly nasty fungal infection, but I'm fairly confident it does uh, affect crystallinia, in which case you do need to take a bit of action. You need to remove the, the infected plant, the dead plant. I would also remove one plant on either side, uh, cut back any infection that you see on any other of the plants, remove any dead or diseased or dying material from the ground around the hedge because the spores will just go back to the soil. Uh, it's a bit of work, but you'll have to do it. And the next thing to do then is you drench the, the, the soil where the dead one was, and I would drench the soil around the whole hedge with a solution of copper sulfate mixed with water. Do that at this time of the year. Um, and then the last thing to do, so you've removed as much of the infection as possible. You've treated the infection with your copper sulfate and water, and then a bit like ourselves, when we get sick, you need to boost us. We need a boost. The, the hedge will also need a boost to stay healthy, to use the nature-safe uh, seaweed feed. You can get nature-safe either in a granule form or a liquid form. Uh, they're both totally organic, totally plant-based plant foods uh, made in Ireland and fantastic, fantastic plant foods. So I would use them on the hedge, and that will give it the boost to hopefully uh, increase immunity and keep it, keep it safe.
1: Okay, Sheila had this question okay, in earlier. I'm watching the clock. I have two well-established bay trees in pots, seven or eight years old. I always feed them, um, always well-watered at all times. I, fe- I fed them with sequestrian of iron plant food, but they always look very scraggy and lacking something. What would you recommend, Peter, and what time of year is best to give them a trim back? Bay trees. Okay, did
0: you say, they were in, did you say how long they were in the pots, Trish? The uh, seven
1: there? to eight years.
0: I think there's your answer. I think they are lacking in something. I know sulfate of iron is only giving it one nutrient, and that's iron, obviously, uh, which they may or may not be, be hungry for. Probably, yes. But the the, the short answer is that they, they need to be repotted. So seven or eight years in one pot is a very finite amount of nutrients in that pot. Uh, realistically, I would say you need to put them into either a bigger pot or else plant them into the open ground if that's not going to be practical or possible look again for the nature safe seaweed one because that does contain all the trace elements and nutrients that they'll need but it will be a constant job of feeding but the, the nature safe seaweed feed is the one that I would use it's by far and away the best one out there I think um, trim them back leave it now for now I would wait till September before I trim them again uh, and next year I would give them a, kind of a slightly harder trim before the end of February
1: Okay, that's where we leave it for today. Have a good week. And we'll talk again next week. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Peter Dowdell, theirishgardener.com joining us.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.